top. I don't have to do the clicks anymore. No, bacon. <laughs> bacon. You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of June 19th, 2022, episode 213. From that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And straight out of 98226 with an extensive, exorbitant, exclusive amount of diggity, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are going to be talking about a somewhat serious question. What would you do if something were to happen and someone had to take over or get access to your files, your phone information, your online accounts, that whole thing. It's called a digital estate. At least that's what the kids are calling it. We're gonna unwrap that a little bit, talk about options available for your consideration, all that and more next on the Bellingham Podcast. Ah, uh, Chris, I see that you're across the mic and jamming. How are we doing? You know, it, with this new setup that we alluded to in the special edition one a couple uh, yeah. iterations ago, you we have a different, uh, we're, we're on mics, but different mics and the whole thing. I normally would not hear our theme as we are recording. And now you're able to do, you know, twiddle the knobs. Oh, yeah. And to get things kind of one shot live and to hear the theme, that wonderful theme for 200 plus episodes, it's like I'm grooving, my, you know, nod your head. So um, doing all right. AJ, how about yourself? Doing well. I'm like, I'm liking the weather, at least. I mean, uh, the, at least for the last 12 hours of it. For the, for, we are blessed in the Northwest of the Northwest compared to the rest of the nation in the United States. Wherever you're listening to it, if you are, uh, contending with high temps, uh, you got our you got our empathy, you got our sympathy. We hope you're able to keep cool. It's something that I, I, I strive to do on a daily basis, euphemistically, but literally. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope you're hanging in there with all that heat and stuff like that. This is an important weekend on a couple aspects. It is. It is. So we, I mean, it's Father's Day weekend, which we'll talk about, but also Monday is our. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is our. First Juneteenth holiday, correct? Correct. So Sunday, June nineteenth, yeah, will be uh, in a number of places around the United States a national holiday. We uh, have a little bit of a link in case you're you've heard about Juneteenth but don't know about it. Here's a chance to educate thyself, uh, thanks to Wikipedia, to uh, click on and understand the the. Uh, Genesis history of this uh, holiday. We have a national holiday observed yes. on Monday the twentieth. Right. So wonderful, and it's a great time to you know take some time and reflect and uh, to act appropriately. But also this weekend is Father's, Father's day. day is also on the same day. But, yes. But yeah, the holiday being observed Juneteenth is on Monday. Right. So the so for Father's Day, I mean, Chris, you and I are both in that camp of being fathers. We are daddios. We are daddios. Uh, and as a daddio and a podcaster, you were once upon a time on a daddio podcast here in Whatcom. That is correct. There actually is uh, an, a Bellingham podcast approved uh, fellow cousin, brotherly, if we if we can use that term, podcast out there, the Whatcom Dads podcast. Um, Mark Bagley, Nathan Dwyer, and Chris Roselli. God help us, there are three wonderful gents, <laughs> uh, and they've actually I think they completed a wrapped up season one. Took Hot a little dog. bit of a, took a little bit of a break towards the end of twenty twenty one, and uh, are kicking rear, rearing up. Uh, they're up to episode fifty three, fifty four or so right now. Sweet continued success, gentlemen. Uh, thanks once again for not deleting episode five, which uh, happened to include me as a guest from a step parent standpoint. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, we want to, you know, this Father's Day, you want to listen to some fathers chat about uh, various 
uh, the things about life as a father, uh, that's your hookup, the Wacom Dads podcast. We both uh, love the guys and Mm -hmm. uh, love the podcast. And so there you go. That's your shout out. Dig it. So pop quiz, AJ. Okay, hot shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You've had, you've been a father for five years now. Yep. And with your little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure you've been able to celebrate in various ways. What's a common ongoing theme for these five first five Father's Days? So my son is really into pirates and buried treasure. Are so if you were, uh, if Chris, if you were to look around, you might see that there are some buried treasure around the house. Oh yes. So my wife and my son for Father's Day, the days leading up to Father's Day, there are treasures around the house, and every once a day, starting last night, it, we I get to after I get done with work, go and find my. Uh, Father's Day present for that day, and I get yep. to, if I find it, I get to open it. All right, and so it, that's kind of a running a running thing is uh, treasure hunt. It's a very clever theme uh, going on there. Uh, I think that's really cool. Now, now, Chris, you are in a different camp. Uh, one being uh, a step daddy-o, but also your kiddo is like an adult now, like going in many ways. In, yes, in in college, how is it being a daddy-o with a kiddo in college? What do I have look? What do I get to look forward to? I mean, let's let's uh, talk in about a decade and a half yeah and you'll have a different relation you'll find yourself in a different relationship with your little sure and i've, I've had 13 father's days with uh my little sweetie who's not that little anymore shrimpy How, right uh, shrimpy yes and uh currently you know a junior in college and staying with us this summer oh cool probably will be the uh you know could be the last summer because there's off-campus living there's mm-hmm. an internships with mm-hmm. uh degree pursuits and getting gerbs uh wherever the college is at in an undisclosed location down south um (laughs) but uh it's been it's been a a great time this father's day um you know as as far as uh the birds i heard from a birdie uh, (laughs) i have the windows open that's cool no ac no problem i'm like that's a bird all right cool we have we have a uh blue jay as our guest uh audience member uh my my daughter is going to take me to lunch because food is a love language for me absolutely and uh you know just to be able to share a meal and to chat about stuff and to talk about her work and my work you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a different rapport uh, based on the relationship you have with your little, and uh, they understand a lot more about life. Sure. When they reach uh, a different number in their first digit of their uh, chronological life, and uh, you can you can treat them just more of a, a grown up in a lot of ways, and have those type of difficult discussions instead of saying, "Now make sure you wash your hands before uh, after you, know, you go potty." That's yes, right. We, exactly. That happens a lot. I still practice that on a regular basis. <laughs> anyway, um, so we get we have some plans going on there, but it does change in in the the true you know challenges are you able to view them as someone who they have their own life and they right. choose to make their own decisions and uh, we'll talk in a decade and a half uh, <laughs> on episode oh I don't know 550 555 yeah <laughs> of the Bellingham podcast uh, so yeah uh, cool and and you know happy Father's Day to all the uh, fathers out there and if you happen to uh, be in a family that does not have a father for whatever circumstances have a have a good Sunday yeah. And, uh, you know, just take whatever we just said with a grain of salt. But we wanted to talk about a sobering topic because uh, something, you know, the thought had occurred in, in my various technology ways. What would happen if something happened to me and my beautiful wife had to take over my 
oh my gosh, brutally extensive online tech landscape. Now, full disclosure, Chris and I are in very good health. This is all hypothetical. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're not going anywhere. No, not for the time being, but I don't, I'm not in control of that. Right, right. Uh, anyway, um, but the, qu- the question that I had is, we have a lot of online accounts, a lot of access yeah. to online information, and financial data. houses, data. How does one get access to that if they don't, you know, if, if something happens to you? Uh, I always use the euphemism in case I get hit by a truck, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Uh, there's a term called a digital estate. And if you were to look that up in your web browser, you'd be able to see a lot of information. AJ and I are two technologists and we have a respectively extensive landscape of our own. And uh, while we are not lawyers or no. any legal uh, pundits whatsoever, that's a disclaimer with a big old capital D. Yes. Do you, do you consult with your, your, well, also like we also have international listeners. So that's the other reason why we're throwing this out because like in the European union, you've got uh, the, what is it? GDPR and stuff yes. like there's, there, so th- that's why we're throwing this out. This is a broad prospectus on the digital estate. The main intention here is to give you some ideas to consider should something happen. Now there's a couple uh, links that we have for guides to a digital estate. Those are from legal websites. Once again, uh, you can't believe everything you read on the net, so take it with a grain of salt, or just take it's it a good primer. as a good primer, and for entertainment purposes and p- potential educational purposes only. I'll, I'll send a text to our lawyer over. There at, you uh, go, uh, lawman. Do we cheat him and how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, also, there's a link to a 2015 Rufada, and that stands for the Revised Uniform Fiduciary, Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act. That's a formal act from the government uh, where it involves information pertaining to a digital will and an assigned fiduciary. So you've got a whole lot of assets. There could be some cryptocurrency, whatever's left of it. There can be a lot of online accounts. If something were to happen, who would be able to be your executor, so to speak, in in a digital standpoint? Um, So yeah, those are a couple of things to get you started. once you're not driving, listening to us, right. after the show is concluded, we got some uh, follow-up information for you. But I got a couple questions for you, folks, for the three or four of you that are listening. Uh, plus st- our moms. <laughs> plus our moms. That's right. <laughs> um, who have you shared access to your mobile phone with? So we have Face ID. We have Touch ID. We have Thumbprint ID. We have a PIN code, four digits, six digits, et cetera, et cetera. Alphanumeric. Alphanumeric, exactly. Or none at all, depending on... <sighs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm you want to contact uh, uh, hello at chrispalassociates.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... Ask the question, in case something happens, does someone have access to my phone that I, that I want to have access? Correct. So who have you shared access to your personal computer with? So we have our mobile devices. Yes, they're you know, super glued to our hands all the time. Well, what about that laptop or desktop or tablet that is at home and all the information that's on there? Does someone know that password? Uh, who have you given access to your personal email password? This uh, in my Gray Man Technology newsletter uh, is, is something I refer to as a keys to the kingdom. And if, you, if someone gets access to your personal email account, they pretty much could work with all of your online accounts that you, that you have. Um, who would be able to help out 
in event of something that something were to happen. And I, and I'm not just talking about death. I'm talking about, let's just say you got to go to the hospital for a few days and stuff's occurring. Or even so like as international travel opens up, like this is something that my wife and I set up uh, early on when we started internationally traveling, because let's say you get, uh, I had friends at the, the beginning of the pandemic where they left our country Mm -hmm. and then our lockdown started. Yes. You know, like when you are abroad, let's say you like you're abroad, how, and you, need to get you let's say you can't get access to whatever you need to get access to do you have somebody here in your family and your friends network that can act in your behalf even while you're still alive yes you know there there's that avenue the other thing is is that um with a lot of this um depending on what platform that you're on apple mac uh android whatever um a lot even social networks facebook you uh you have the ability to specify a designated a uh, designated um, I don't know what they're loved they're, one. Well, it's a designated beneficiary. Sure. I don't know what else each platform calls it differently. So in the event of your untimely demise, you know, there is a protocol that you can establish, um, as somebody who wants to, uh, have somebody get access to your stuff in your demise. And this is also important because especially, um, I want to speak from the Apple camp here. Like, you know, if you, you I mean, I've had clients where they forgot their passcode. They can't do account recovery. I'm sorry, your phone is a brick. Like Apple will not help you yeah. get into it. And so this is a way that you can establish that, um, especially if you have a loved one that maybe in their older uh, older days, they lose their memory. You yeah. know, this is a, an ability for you to be able to get those maybe photos or whatever that is on those devices. And I'll speak from the Windows uh, standpoint, even though, you know, I do so... Uh, under duress, but anyway, no, actually, uh, in my in my freelance uh, side, I have a client whom uh, lost their spouse a couple years ago, and as time has gone on, the, um, their spouse was really into technology. And they had a lot of uh, computers and a lot of devices and a lot of external drives and a lot of accounts, and it created a lot of digital overwhelm for my client. And uh, I've met with them on a, uh, re- you know, on a frequent basis as, as much as they are comfortable. Fun fact, folks, after about 40 minutes of meeting with me to talk about technology, eyes roll in the back of my clients' heads and gray matter spills out their ears because I uh, get them a whole lot of information. So we've taken a little chunk at a time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are Microsoft accounts that, re- that require a phone number to get a, a, a code. If you happen to uh, lose a loved one and they have a phone account, a, a, a phone plan, mm. uh, like a phone number along with yours that you may be paying additional money to, you may want to uh, circle the wagons with your data before you cancel that account. Reason being is some online accounts are going to be going to that number to provide a six digit code right. to prove whom, whom you are. If that phone has been deactivated, someone else who might've picked up that number based on your phone, mobile phone carrier, you know, reusing numbers, that could be a nightmare um, and a whole lot more footwork. So anyway, I've, I've worked with a, a client in trying to get passwords changed to one established uh, mechanism to be able to have a, a folder of bookmarks on your web browser. That's another question. Do you have 
a folder of the important uh, bookmarks of the important sites mm. in case of emergency, mm -hmm. ICE or something like that. Um, or if you're a fan of Vanilla Ice, you can uh, have that one as well. To be able to have all of this in one spot would be very helpful for someone who cares about you, whom you wish uh, they, you, you can't really give them this information from another state of being, if you know what I'm saying. No, no. I, I mean, unless you have a Ouija board or if you have a radio, you might be able to raise them on KMRE 102.3 FM. Yes. And they are, uh, their estate is all over the internet and they're located at KMRE.org. And we thank KMRE for once again, broadcasting our show Saturdays at 3 PM, at least in the Pacific time zone. Uh, and you know, continued success. And here's hoping that their digital estate is well established. So yep. one, one of the question or to consider as you are going, oh no, I have a headache now. Thanks, Chris. Um, also pertains to your office computer. Now, if you are a professional in the office environment, you might have a password that is signed into your uh, workplace network. It might be different than your personal email account. Hopefully, should something happen and you are a professional who stores personal information on their office computer, yes, it happens and it's okay. We're not you know, admonishing this. You might need someone to have access to that. Now, the, we, AJ and I are both IT professionals. We know how to get into computers. Yes. However, there may be some hoops and with a capital H, umlauts. umlauts on the O's, uh, to be able to ask the IT administrators for your place of, for your uh, loved one's place of business to be able to get into that computer to their user profile to be able to see this personal information. And then you might have to contend with why was this personal information on the there professional device? With, yes. Just a little bit of a question to consider. You know, uh, I don't like making recommendations for for something like this but if you're going to be using a, a workplace computer owned by the business you may want to eliminate some of that personal information just in case yeah and and quite frankly like especially with um however you wish to to sync your stuff these days by just having a simple folder and a lot of times this this falls within the closet de minimis use you know if you do because you know you are spending eight hours a day at that machine and a lot of businesses have a de minimis clause by having just a simple folder where it's just like i call it the uh, the, the digital briefcase okay. i literally call it digital briefcase and let's say i have like uh, tax return, like my accountant, you know, emails me, well, I need to download it or, you know, go take it to Kinko's to print it or whatever the case may be. Or print I, it out on the office printer. Well, some, some places frown upon yes, that. So that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying life, you know, yeah, reality. Yeah, We're in reality. reality. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, if, if your business even has a printer these days. There you go. So, you know, what I have is using either Dropbox, Google Drive, sing along if you know the words, EIEIO, mm -hmm. ProtonSync, whatever. You just have a folder that is called, you know, your digital briefcase. No like no differently than back in the Mad Man days, you'd grab your briefcase and go to the office. Sure. And that way, when you put it in that folder, it's already synced to your cloud destination so that it is not necessarily on your quote um, work computer. Locally. Locally. Yeah. yeah. No, the, a backup on the cloud is something that is a, a recommended path. So I guess to, to summarize, what the heck did I just talk about? Um, the bookmarks to w websites, the, the, the access to your personal email account, your personal phone, perhaps your office computer, depending if you got important information on that, that might also help the business as well. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, can can your IT administrators or does the business even have an IT, IT administrator? Yeah. Right. Can they reset your password to be able to allow someone else access to that uh, account? All these are questions to consider. 
going on there for, for what's going on. Now, <sighs> everything's going to be okay. You don't have to do everything at once. Nope. This is what I tell my clients, especially my client that I've worked with. We do a little bit at a time. This is the, uh, uh, the Kaizen uh, mm-hmm. method, 1% improvement every day. Yep. Right? A little bit. I, uh, that was a word of note. That series. was word of note. Yes, yeah, that was, it's, it's, I missed, we need to bring back word of note. I think, I think I got a couple up my sleeve. Okay. Uh, some of them are not safe for work, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but words of note, I think should be uh, brought back. I want to talk a little bit about my brutally complicated tech landscape. And, you know, I'll go first. Here's sure. how I have things set up. So my beautiful wife, whom I have designated as my executor of my digital estate, et cetera, et cetera. Same here. Um, my wife, not yeah, yours. <laughs> you like, looked at me like, no. <laughs> AJ, we need to have a talk off the mic. Phrasing. <laughs> you got a lot of splitting to do. Phrasing. All right. So um, anyway, uh, I love technology and I don't trust anyone online. And so therefore, I have an incredibly complicated uh, landscape for accessing things. However... Um, you know, I've got 200 online accounts stored in a password manager vault. Uh, this vault has a passphrase that is not used in any of my other accounts. Mm-hmm. Each account, <laughs> how's this for brutal? Each online account has a different email address yeah. and a different 40 plus character password or five word passphrase. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't mess around. No, you don't. And and that's, and, and that is like the whole next level. Like even the fact that you said you should just quickly for those listening, what's the difference between a password and a passphrase? Cause a lot of people think they're the same. So, um, uh, you are listening to the Bellingham podcast. A password could be Y A L T T T B H P. You take the letters and things like that. A, pa- a long Horkin 40 character password would mean letters, numbers, special characters, capital letters, blah, blah, blah. A passphrase contains three, four, five words, such as magnet, knife, fridge, or, or refrigerator, water, entropy. <laughs> Exclamation. (laughs) Hey, psychologists out there, want to get a peek into my mind? Take those five words that I just busted out at random. Anyway, a passphrase, bunch of words connected together, perhaps with dashes or periods Mm -hmm. uh, to make it more difficult. Which which is better to go? Passwords versus passphrases. Talk to me offline. Google Chris Powell Bellingham. Uh, Roll the dice and take your chances (laughs) if you can find me. Anyway, um, I'm more than happy to have that conversation if you wish. But also, um, I've got a number of online accounts counts with multi-factor authentication. Right. I have an open source authenticator, not Google, not Authy, not Microsoft Authenticator. It's something different. My wife is cringing as, I, <laughs> as she's listening to this right now. Anyway, my wife knows that there is a specific book in our home. And inside that book has a sheet of paper, handwritten, note, not printed out or anything like that because I'm a paranoid person. Thank you. Uh-huh. And I have uh, the passphrase needed to get into the password manager vault. Mm. I have on that sheet of paper the pin code to my mobile phone. Mm-hmm. I have on that sheet of paper the name of the multi-factor authentication app that I'm using on my phone, which barely anyone gets access to except for myself. Any additional information outside of the password manager vault, such as banking information, I don't store bank stuff in there, or other types of things. The, pa- yeah, all the keys of the kingdom are on that sheet of paper somewhere in a book in our home. Good luck finding it because we got a lot of books. Yes, you do. But in case something were to happen to me, she knows to go to that location, that whatever, and then Mm -hmm. 
call AJ because <laughs> AJ knows a little you. bit about what I got going on. And I would do the same for his uh, lovely wife as well. Speaking of which, AJ, talk about your tech landscape. Yeah. So if everybody rewinds to, I wish I've, I looked up the episode. It was like episode 190 something. I talked about switching everything over to a central uh, on-premise server called yes. a NAS, a network mm-hmm. attached storage. And since I've I, that has been our our biggest uh, estate, and that was largely because, much like you, you know, I didn't want if anything were to ever happen to me, have my wife be in a tizzy of like, oh my gosh, where's our our son's first steps videos yep. or anything like that. Now with it comes a lot of other brutal you know, tech ubery that has to be done because I have to secure it. I have to make sure that it's up to date. I have to, but all that said and done, it is one central place. And you and I have said on the show several times, probably everybody's listening going, it's like, but you have every, all your eggs in one basket. What if your house burns down? It is still being backed up. A lot of people forget when you have a server or a network attached storage, you still have to have a method to back up the server. Yes. And there's multitude of different ways. There's uh, third-party solutions like um, Backblaze, which is mm-hmm. a, a internationally renowned, I'm going to call them a, a research institute at this rate, because they put out all the white papers on drive failures mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah, they give recommendations on which hard drive uh, fails more than others. Yeah. I guess. yeah, yeah, and that's because their stacks are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, and they use all of the drives yeah and so you know there's a you can hook up that and that's an extra cost or you can do the offline solution especially if you have a lot of media and that is designate somebody that is a good close friend or family member um, that you can actually just hook up a big burly hard drive to it and then move it off site yep. now your network attached storage usually is set up in what's called a raid which means that there's a redundancy factor so if a drive dies in your array it will replicate from the other two or three or however you've got in there. The thing about um, drives today, I had a client actually ask me about this because they're saying um, they were they were recently a, um, I'll call them an eco-refugee. They're from California. Okay. And they came up during the uh, fires and they're just oh, like, yeah. what if, you know, what if, uh, what if I had all my data at my neighbor's house? Good point. Maybe you might want to have your offsite backup with somebody um, in a different state or in a different county in the event, especially in the, the, weirdness that we are having in the Pacific Northwest. Sure. That's definitely something you do need to consider. Some people use banks and safety deposit boxes. Um, Again, you may want to do that in a different county. Uh, But you do need to figure out a backup solution for an on-prem solution like I've got. That's that's in a, that's a great place to be. It sounds like you are not using Google Drive no. or one of the tech silos, online cloud storage drives. You've chosen to do the Mr. Fusion approach, uh, to use a back to the future reference, where you are hosting everything Mm -hmm. online. That takes a great deal of knowledge, patience. (laughs) Lots of patience, as (laughs) you well know. Oh yeah, and and, and time. Yes. And a lot of, uh, you know, for the the two that are still listening (laughs) to our show. (laughs) Hashtag tech. There you go. Um, This is a whole lot to take in. Uh, if you were to get your files, the one, you know, what would happen if something happened to your home? Mm-hmm. Flood damage, earthquake, yep. fire. Let's let's go to that. Subduction t- zone. Subduction zone, exactly. Can you copy those files onto an external hard drive or a USB drive or something like that? And then if you put that in a secure, taped up, you know, envelope mm-hmm. or, or package mailer and either mail it to someone that you trust uh, or someone across town. Speaking of trust, uh, I had another client uh, just yesterday ask me about this. Uh, they, they, so they want to uh, do a redundant backup. They want to move it off off site. 
Um, and they don't, um, all of their family is deceased. Oh. So they're going to go through their friend network. And so they asked me very carte blanchely, like, you know, you know, I trust this friend that they're going to, um, have them hold on to their, their drive. Um, but what if, cause it's, you know, friendships ha- fall apart and I go, mm-hmm. so do family. Yes. <laughs> so that, that, that's not a, that's a moot point. What I pointed out to them is there are certain drives that have biometrics no differently than your phone built into them. Mm-hmm. Samsung is a company that makes one called yep. the T seven and that allows you to put your thumbprint. So in the event that that friendship were to fail or that family member were to fall apart, uh, your relationship that is. Um, they still wouldn't be able to, like, for instance, hold your data a ransom because, again, they would still have to have your biometrics to unlock it so that when you plug it in, it still requires your thumbprint. So look at that if that's a pause for concern for somebody who's listening to this going like, well, I, I'm like, Chris, I can't trust people. That's fine. Yeah. Technology still has a way around it, no differently than our phones have biometrics. And it may mean that if there's a a place that you're able to make arrangements <clears throat> with a business, mm-hmm. that someone who, yeah, I mean, the trust is the important thing. Correct. Um, they would, you know, the Samsung T7 is a burly, great solution to be able to back up an archive of, I mean, this isn't something you're going to use on a daily basis. No. This is in the case of emergency. It's Glacier. It's the ice, ice baby. Uh backup and they would need your thumb or other digits in order to get access to it and that is something that you know think about that write it down have a have a beverage and think write down on the list who would i trust just in case this is important because in case something happens that data matters and access to that data access to that data matters as well we're giving you some local ideas some you know i i have a lot of the stuff in in house i don't really use a cloud based solution yeah. for a lot of stuff my wife has uh, the photos backed up on Dropbox because it works for her and her uh, workflow. That's totally cool with me. But I also have a ton of local backups everywhere yeah. around. But no, like, and and again, I, I can't reiterate this enough because again, if anybody's interested in this topic, rewind to the episode that I, I mentioned about my my NAS solution because I was also one of those people, and I I I can I can vet for iCloud. Amazon uh, Prime Unlimited uh, uh, back photo backup mm-hmm. and Google and all three of them and yes I will throw Apple under the bus all three of them burned me yeah um, I lost data using those systems and that's the reason why I went to this because you know Apple for some reason on our iCloud backup our videos got downsampled so all of our 4K uh, videos of my son's first walking is now basically 480p hmm. um, our photos up on Amazon Prime, they strip the metadata. So good luck having the dates Ugh. and GPS. And Google was just a fiasco because you get five gigs zip files. And if you have a ton, like think about how many how many five gigabytes of, of, of photos that you have, you have to parse out, they will give you those zip files in five gigabyte increments and try to piece them back together. Yeah. It's it's not worth it, especially if somebody needs to move out of the systems. So this is the start of a process that AJ and I thought would be good to to do as as we're approaching Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, here's two dads' recommendations. <laughs> well, no, like I mean, for so yes, yes, we we we're doing this on Father's Day, but as fathers who 
you know, we want to have a legacy. And, and at the end of this, our family is what is most important. I'm the paterfamilias. And, you know, that's my family. If we, this is back in the olden days when someone were to pass, there were photo albums and there was no passcodes or pin codes or no need to search. You can't do that moving forward anymore. I, I dare, unless you're a photographer, I dare anybody to go and reach for your photo album and show me the first five years of life of your kiddo. Most people won't be able to do that. They reach for their phone. Yeah. And that is a, as a photographer is a scary thing for me to think about. It is. Uh, one thing to consider as we're kind of, uh, you know, landing the plane on. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, I've, I've had a couple of clients uh, ask me, you know, I've, I've lost data or I can't get access to computer, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And while I have the empathetic, sympathetic discussion with them, I ask them a couple of questions. Have you uploaded these photos to Facebook? or your social media of choice. Have you printed these out Costco, you know, via Costco, for example, or Walgreens, or you know, those are two uh, areas in town here in Bellingham around the nation. You might have CVS, or mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you might have. London Drugs. London Drugs, hi, uh, <laughs> our friends up north, yes. Um, what, uh, is there some, oh, have you sent these as attachments to family? Because in your sent items, you might be able to find those important photos as attachments in your email. There's other ways, you know, who have you shared this with? Have there been text messages that you've sent this to? Perhaps it's located there. They could be re-downloaded. Just a couple ideas in case you happen to be among the many who have unexpectedly lost data uh, for that. That's kind of not what we're, you know, aiming at. We're talking about aiming for uh, getting someone access to be able to do something with our data uh, should something happen. So um, thanks very much for, you know, hanging with us during this difficult tech topic on this difficult thing, but uh, we should end this this show on a happy note. I like that. And that happy note is that wraps up this very technical edition of the Bellingham Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you are in the Bellingham area, happy Father's Day. Uh, You might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They are streaming all over the darn place at KMRE.org on your internet browser. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that was just a hard stop. Exactly. Uh, thank you, everyone. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Uh, happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day. Happy Sunday. Happy wherever the heck you are. Hope you're beating the heat if you are around the nation. Otherwise, stay cool, y'all. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Bellingham Podcast. Sweet. <laughs>